Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. I want to get to Kevin Warren because he spoke a lot too and we haven't heard a lot from him. There's two different areas I thought were were interesting or maybe new information. Number one, how he addressed the Allen Williams situation and how um, the Bears have dealt with some of these human resource issues that have resulted in the firing of David Walker and the dismissal or parting of ways with Allen Walker. And the other thing, Dan, uh, while you answer that, I want you to think about the way that he spoke about the stadium project, and I thought re-injected people who want the Bears to stay in Chicago, gave him a little bit of hope. I felt like in talking in the way that he did, maybe he was creating leverage. Maybe he was trying to say uh, something that was you know pre-planned and, and political, but he clearly has an affection for Chicago and a desire to explore every option and exhaust every possibility before moving to Arlington Heights. I'm going to take that second question first because it was like, you know, you sat through 50 minutes of Q&A, well, 35 minutes of Q&A and a long opening statement by Matt Eberflus that a lot of us thought was never going to end. Uh, and then Kevin Warren took the stage and, and you were like, oh, yeah, there's a massive stadium project that we've done no talking about. And this is the man overseeing it who's been also overseeing the football side of things for the last few days. And we have to get a, a bunch of questions in on the state of the stadium project. Kevin certainly left the door open for the imagination of having a, a stadium somewhere in the city. I think his um desire to dream big and imagine that the, the grandest things always kind of gives him that 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 vision of a skyline there is no skyline in Arlington Heights could you do something sweet out there absolutely i think that's still probably a major priority for the bears to try to figure out what on as he said 326 acres of land you can do to build your own fantasy land but it won't have that sort of signature iconic nature that downtown chicago will always have and always has had if you could replace the current I almost said dump of a stadium, the current stadium that they have on the lakefront with something that's as majestic as some of these new palaces that have opened around the league. You think about like, that's that, that's how Kevin thinks it's the grandest of the grand. That would be really cool. Now, logistically, how the heck do you make that happen? Where's the plot of land that's going to put you in the right um, domain to do that. But certainly in his comments, there was a lot of, okay, like this doesn't feel like it's Arlington Heights and Arlington Heights only and all this other stuff is posturing. It felt like there was a, a dreamer, on that stage, still not ready to close the door on a dream he has. 
Okay. It's interesting. I, I have thoughts on that, but I want to get to the Alan Williams thing uh, before I respond to that. What did you think about the way he handled the uh, the question about the assistant coaches? How do you feel about that? Because it was one of those things that I felt went really quickly um, and, and really it didn't... Uh, he know, lawyered we, up. He, he even acknowledged. He, he said, said, yeah, said it. I'm going to put my lawyer hat on and I think that he was trying to be very respectful of the former employee, Alan Williams, and what may or may not have happened. I, I thought that was interesting to me or stood out because that almost reflex to do that outweighed any disappointment or came across stronger than any disappointment he might have had in an employee that let him down and what that said about the culture that they bragged about. I, I felt like there was, I don't want to say an insincerity, but there was, uh, it was calculated. And I felt like he did talk like, that's, he sounded like a lawyer. And I wanted him to sound like an executive who uh, w- was maybe let down by an employee and and was able to move on from that with his head coach, who's ultimately responsible for his staff. I didn't have a strong emotional reaction to it, and probably in part because there was just so much other stuff yeah. that was coming down the mountain, you know, with the, with the avalanche of information that came out there today. I understand where you're coming from. Kevin's title is president and CEO, and sometimes presidents and CEOs have to take that very corporate speaky nature to complex matters. Um, so that's one look like th- that situation is so significant in so many ways because number one, there are a lot of people still trying to. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts unravel details that can then be shared publicly. And number two, you have a situation where the Bears are again searching for two coordinators at once because they had to dismiss one in season. And then the current head coach had to take on those responsibilities. And it sounds like, I think you probably would agree with this after listening today, it sounds like Matt Eberflus's intent on retaining the play calling roles that he had this uh, second half of this past season, and then trying to court a defensive coordinator that is willing to allow him to have those responsibilities. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting as well, because you, you, you're still in the, the, the search for a replacement for a guy who was uh, dismissed or, or walked out, resigned, I guess, was the official word. Uh, that's why I think it'll either be somebody on staff who is familiar with the history and also would take a, nominal title, you know, something that would be almost like uh, a bump in pay or promotion without necessarily the, the responsibilities that come with defensive coordinator or somebody who might be an assistant head coach in, in that kind of role. It's hard to say, but I don't think that you want Matt Eberflus returning as a head coach uh, for the biggest reason to keep the defensive momentum alive and then not call the plays. Because if it's that different, you want him to do that and lean into his strength. Um so that, that was interesting. So anything else that we have? I know we touched on a lot of different ground. Anything else you wanted to at least point out before I have like a big picture kind of uh, uh, thought for you? Um, I, I'll say this, and we, we talked about this before all these decisions became public this morning about how the Bears have so consistently in their history celebrated how good their airbags work. You know, and we've used that analogy previously on 
the podcast and elsewhere and, and talking about like that, that's just such a selling point for them is that when when the vehicle crashes, you're going to have a, a, a really pleasant crash, you know, and, that, and that's what they celebrate so often. In their own words today, you know, Ryan Poles asked about Matt Eberflus as his as his hand selected leader to take them to the championships, praised him for not jumping off the side of the boat when the storms got choppy, you know, and 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 you're like, okay, like that's that's a thing, like not jumping off the boat is is suddenly a a, a character strength. Okay, fine, it may be, but is that the most important character strength that you want in your head coach, or do you want somebody that is going to steer the boat to a desired destination and that everybody gets off and goes, thanks captain. That was a, a heck of a ride. And I'm glad we're here where we're at right now. So that's one part of it. And then Kevin Warren followed. And when I asked him directly, aside from all the culture things that everyone is praising here and propping up the, the, the unity in the locker room and the fact that there is cohesion and chemistry and all those things, what do you believe was accomplished here in the 2023 season? And his answer was essentially we went through crisis this year and that was propped up as an accomplishment i, I just kind of sat back in my chair and said man that was like something that you would have heard from ted phillips and it would have been played over and over and it just i i, I that one i don't want to say bothered me but it was just kind of like man like there's got to be something more at some point if we're going to talk passionately if we're going to talk genuinely if we're going to talk sincerely about raising the bar then let's stop celebrating crisis management as the best thing we do I think on football night in Chicago, you used the term Ted Phillips-esque <laughs> in describing that comment. I'll remind you of that. That was earlier this evening, not this morning. Yeah, when was that? was that? Was that December? Yeah. I don't even know. So, so that's well put, Dan. And, and I think that relates to kind of what my overall takeaway was maybe um, when you look in the, as the Bears in general. Like when Kevin Warren took the job, I think we all were very complimentary and kind of excited about it being a new day. And I think for the year that he's been on the job, he's been consistent with always talking about the dreams that he has and building the best stadium ever and it's lofty rhetoric, but you wanted to give him a chance and you wanted to believe in something because it's been so long in Chicago when you're following the bears that you've been something to believe in. I felt like today for me was a little disappointing because of that. I feel like I, you know, I, I wasn't one of those guys that Matt Eberflus has to be fired uh, because he because I don't like the way he talks. And Matt Eberflus has to be fired because he's got, you know, all 10, 10, uh, only 10 wins in two, two seasons. I actually like Matt Eberflus and respect a lot of things he is as a head football coach. They could have justified firing him today and they could have done a better job, I think, of uh, defending why they didn't. Uh, and I guess to get that back to the Warren point. This, this isn't just about Matt Eberflus. When he talks like he talks, what he did today didn't back it up. What, what they did in retaining a coach uh, based on culture and you know not jumping from the boat and all the things that they cited and the way they explained it, I think for me it was a, a, a good check because maybe we have gotten carried away with some of the things about you know, what Warren's impact would have. And this isn't markedly different from many past years. You know, it's, I've always been uncomfortable from Ted Phillips to um, Kevin Warren. And you go back a couple of GMs ago, I've always been uncomfortable with the Hallis Hall, the way that they take credit for persevering through adversity they created for themselves. They always yeah. forget the part that they created it for themselves. Right. And I think today there was that uh, convenient amnesia again, that I thought that Kevin Warren 
wasn't going to be a part of. So maybe a little disappointed and, and certainly not inspired. I think the Bears are in a situation, as you have pointed out so well, it's an exciting offseason. They're on the verge of possibly something special if they play it right. Yeah. I didn't necessarily hear that today. I heard a little bit of a defensive posture, maybe not a full, fully uh, uh, energetic, charismatic way of explaining where you are and where you're headed. And from Kevin Warren, it was a little bit of empty rhetoric only because I expected more. If you're going to sound that ambitious, back it up. Well, as I said to you on Football Night in Chicago, the rhetoric has to be followed by results. Otherwise, it gets popped like a birthday party balloon. You know, you stick a pin in it and poof, it's all gone. So you have to produce results and the results have to be shown in the 2024 season. I had a conversation with Ryan Poles not long after he became the general manager two years ago about how he wasn't going to be afforded the benefit of the doubt that he probably deserved because the organization he was joining had squandered the benefit of the doubt in the, the uh, amongst the public masses, you know? And, and so it's not his fault that so many of his predecessors uh, stepped on the banana peel and fell down the open manhole, but it, it is the environment that he's walking into. And I think it's similar for Kevin. I think you've talked to me enough about Kevin Warren's mindset and Kevin Warren's wiring to know that, that he isn't somebody that, settles for mediocrity he isn't somebody that takes the pursuit of excellence with a shrug and says close enough when things are not close enough but today's proceedings didn't vocalize that emphatically enough to the masses to convince people that the course that they chose to stay on is the right one and so now you're gonna have to spend time continuing to sell that continuing to show actions and results that that convince people you're on the right track. And one of the things that Kevin consistently came back to today was his experience in St. Louis and the Rams organization and how he was a part of two, you know, double digit loss seasons right before the Rams hit their springboard and went to the Super Bowl. Okay. Like that experience informs your perspective and it gives you an opportunity to have those conversations with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and, and have the patience level of understanding that sometimes staying the course is actually the right path at the same time it's a big leap of faith to convince the entire Chicago audience that this is going to be the early 2000s Rams, you know, and, and like <laughs> right. it, it really is, you know, now to Brad's point that you mentioned earlier, if you get your version of Kurt Warner and it's a hall of fame level quarterback that then skyrockets with, with a bunch of really good supporting cast members around him, Well, then maybe we are talking about it, that this analogy completely fits and it works and that's, that's what they saw. Um, but I, it's understandable why that's an incredibly tough sell to the fans and the audience of an organization that has sat through 30 plus years of consistent mediocrity, unsustained success and constant frustration. And they go, okay, dude, like sh show me the results. Like, I don't want to hear all of the, the, the rhetoric. 